0: The only way I could launch my life is to know that I had to acknowledge where I failed me and Mm -hmm. forgive me Mm -hmm. so that I
1: wouldn't continue to perpetuate those behaviors. Welcome to the Insights Within podcast. I'm your host, Paula Immo, and we're here to discuss all things leadership, spirituality, and cultivating happiness as the competitive advantage you can expect to be part of deep conversations on taking your life and business to the next level and claiming your unique place in this world. Hello and welcome. You are listening to episode number four of the Insights Within podcast. My name is Paula Immo and we have a special guest here today sharing her inspirational story after a big life change. Elizabeth Soto-Beyes is a transformational and mastery certified women's empowerment coach and certified and trauma-informed breathwork facilitator. She is also a mother of two beautiful boys and she loves to sing and play guitar. We are going to continue with the theme of life-defining moments as in the previous episodes. If you didn't listen yet, go back and do it now. And Liz is going to bring her unique insights into the conversation. She's sharing some of her own story of what it is to lose yourself and your passion for life, and what self love has to do with the process of drawing back to yourself. You'll get insights on how to stay grounded and present in your life, and how to reclaim your intuition and your personal power. Welcome, Liz. I am so happy to have you here today.
0: Thank you so much, Paula. It's so good to be here with you.
1: Yeah, There's much more to your story, so why don't we start by you telling more about yourself, about your background, and about the story that led you to the path that you're now on in your life.
0: Sure. So <laughs> I'm like, how far back should I go? So um, <laughs> I um, let's see. I got married in 20 uh 2005, and that's kind of when my story to be here begins. So mm-hmm. I was 23 and had done all the things in the correct order. I think sometimes we have lists or expectations about how our life should be organized, and mm-hmm. our cultures and our societies tell us like you need to be educated. You need to get your college degree. That's what I heard growing up. And and then you can get a good job and make good money. And so I was like, okay, let's do all the things. Let's do all the things. And when I was 23, I had my master's. I had a career that I enjoyed. Um, I had a job. I was successful in my own right. I had done all the work to be in that space. And the next natural step was to find a partner, to get married. And so I met a guy And I was like, okay, this guy seems like a good fit. Now, you know, the caveat is like, what do you know when you're 23? I don't know. (laughs) I thought I was on top of the world. I thought I was winning the game of life. Um, Of course. Right? Like you think you know all the things and you think you're winning the game. and, And in a lot of ways, I kind of was winning the game. And I met a guy that was different than anything I had ever experienced and had a lot of qualities that... Seemed really right for me in that season. And we got married. Now, in hindsight, right? Because hindsight's 2020, I would have dated him for a much longer period of time. Mm -hmm. We were um, dating and married within 10 months' time, which was not enough time. Yeah, I know. Not enough time. Not a recommendation to make. (laughs) Please don't do that. Um, And so we got married, and I realized pretty quickly that I had made a really big mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, I had not given myself time or space to really understand what it was that I needed or wanted. And because I came from a background of divorced people, my parents were mm-hmm. divorced. I had aunts and uncles that were divorced multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, "I that's just not going to be my story. That isn't the story that I want. And I had stuck to that story in such a deep way that I lost myself in this promise that I've made to not be divorced. And mm-hmm. this, I want to be different. I don't want to be like what I saw. Um, I don't want a broken marriage, this idea of broken marriages and broken families. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to be different. I'm smart. I'm educated. I can mm-hmm. learn. I can be better. And then, and then that came. I can mm-hmm. be better. What do I need to do to change? How can I be different? And Mm -hmm. I went from, I made a promise to myself to, I'm not good enough and I need to be better. And I didn't realize I, I didn't have the cognitive capacity to see clearly that that's what I had done. Of course, the hindsight piece, but Mm -hmm. I made it my fault. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I made it my fault that my marriage was hard, that we didn't connect that things were going downhill. Um, And when I asked him for support or to see a therapist, he um, told me that there was nothing wrong. And so a lot of gaslighting happened in my marriage too. And so I'm telling myself that I must be doing something wrong and him telling me that there's nothing wrong, that you're just being silly. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those two things together really created a toxic, a toxic, space for me internally. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And I, and I, and then I realized that I was pretty numb and empty. I was on autopilot for the majority of my adult life. Uh, just literally trying to be alive, like keep your kids alive, keep you alive, Mm -hmm. um, go to work, Mm -hmm. eat food. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Can I ask when, when did you start to notice that you're actually, actually numbing out, that you're losing your passion for life?
0: Um, it was, so I didn't, again, have the cognitive front frontal thought, like, oh my God, I'm numbing out. But mm, I remember, of course not, yeah. yeah, but I remember probably in like 2013, 2014, my kids were really little, And I just was tired all the time and nothing was fun and smiling and laughing was hard to do. And, Mm -hmm. you know, um, nothing felt vibrant, nothing felt good. It was all just really superficial, basic. And in my body, I just felt like I was dragging myself around, like literally pulling myself through the mud of life. Yeah. And you could pretend really good. Like you can hang out and laugh and and have a seemingly good time. And that was something that, that got (laughs) thrown at my face too. Like, but you're laughing, you're smiling. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, you can laugh and smile all day and feel misery in Mm -hmm. all of your beingness. And Mm -hmm. that's really what I was like. And so I was just not speaking my truth, Mm -hmm. not sharing, not engaging, and it and that was kind of intentional because anytime I, I spoke, anytime I shared what I thought about anything, about movies or books or situations, I got talked to. I got like, no, that isn't really what it's like. Like my opinion and my thoughts were not considered. Um, mm. And so I just stopped
1: sharing. Did you realize that then like, Because always in hindsight, we realize how hard it was and what a burden it was. But did you realize it then? Did you ever stop to think and consider like why it seems to be so hard? Other than blaming yourself. I did wonder about that.
0: Why is this hard? And it, it was coupled with the idea of marriage is hard. Mm -hmm. um and so part of it was well marriage is hard it's hard to like have partnerships and Mm -hmm. you know living with someone is hard and so I was playing that game um it was in like around 2013-2014 in that space and Mm -hmm. moving forward where I realized when does it get to be fun like it's not (laughs) all supposed to be Mm -hmm. hard there should be fun times there should be connective times There should be joy and like intimacy. And I'm not meaning sexual intimacy. I'm just meaning emotional, intellectual, Mm -hmm. like togetherness time. And Mm -hmm. that wasn't real. And I started to think about divorce and it scared me because I was like, Liz, you said you weren't going to get divorced. These internal dialogues that we have that we don't know that we're doing. you said you weren't, you said you weren't going to get divorced, but now Mm -hmm. divorce is starting to be a thought in your mind. And it freaked me out kind of, Mm -hmm. Um, but then it became real. And I started telling him like, Hey, when I start thinking about divorce, because I promised myself, I wouldn't Mm -hmm. uh, when I start thinking about it, then this is now we're really in trouble because this Mm -hmm. is bad. If I'm thinking about that.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And he never, he never paid mine to to what I thought about anything. So he didn't take it seriously. Uh, in 20, we, you know, we moved, we lived in Arizona uh, mm-hmm. in the States. We moved to Connecticut, which is across the country. And during that, that phase, he had to actually leave ahead of time to acclimate to his job and um, mm-hmm. find us a place to live. And so I stayed in Arizona with our sons who were two and four at the time. Mm-hmm. And I had to like Get a house ready to sell. And I was working full time and I was parenting two little boys. And um, I wrote him a handwritten letter. And I was like, I'm so glad that you're not here. It is so much better without you here. And he did nothing with that. He didn't say, Wow, let's talk about this. Or this is really hard for you. Or I didn't know. Or there was zero acknowledgement of that letter ever. Mm-hmm. um and so in 2019 when I was like okay like I'm actually really done now like I'm not going to continue to like drag myself through the mud of life mm-hmm. and my sons started to behave like how their dad behaved with me and I was like oh no 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 my sons are not going to be how you are um with women in their life this is absolutely unacceptable mm-hmm. and uh when I told him he was surprised And I was like, I can't believe, I can't believe you're surprised right now. Like, do you still have all of the handwritten letters that I sent to you that I, because there were many, many handwritten letters, Mm. um, because he would never listen to me when I talked to him. Mm. And so I wrote letters, like, maybe if you read the letter and I'm not talking to you, you'll think about it. And he never Mm. did. And so then he was surprised and he was like, but we're married. And I'm like, and now we're not going to be
1: that say um, a big step in your life wasn't it it was huge
0: yeah huge and also Paula the wild thing about that decision we sat down it was in May I'll never forget I wrote a list of all the reasons why I could no longer be married to him mm. and after I handed him the list and said I will not be married to you anymore it was the first time in like 14 years that I could actually take a literal deep breath, like a literal, like Mm fill my whole lung capacity, Mm -hmm. feel like I finally stepped out of the mud and was no longer dragging myself through life. It was Mm -hmm. a wild sensory experience. Mm -hmm. And in that space, the knowing in my body was so clear that that Mm -hmm. was what needed to happen to free me to do something new and different where I was alive and vibrant mm-hmm. because for my marriage I was not alive.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And I just got and and I was like this is it like I got up I you know we moved on he of course didn't want the divorce but I was like You didn't want anything. You didn't want to go to counseling. You didn't want to listen to me. You didn't want to read my letters. You didn't want to acknowledge how I felt. You didn't want to talk to me. And now you don't want a divorce. So like, like it doesn't matter anymore what you don't want because what I needed, you failed to acknowledge and validate. And Mm. now I'm going to have to do my own acknowledging and validating. Mm. I no longer need you to be the person who does that for me. Was that one of
1: the biggest insights that you gained in the process of noticing that you no longer need him for validation? That was a huge part
0: of it, for sure. And that was the beginning of a journey of Mm. self-resourcing, self-validating, and understanding this concept of loving self first. Like Mm -hmm. we walk into these relationships expecting our partners Mm -hmm. to fill gaps. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And some of us don't know that we did that. I didn't know that I did that. Mm -hmm. And he didn't know that he did that either, that we walk into Mm -hmm. this marriage and suddenly you're going to be responsible for my happiness and my validation Mm -hmm. and my joy. Um, And when they fail to do that, you're angry at them. And yes, I was really angry at him because Mm -hmm. when I asked to be seen in my partnership, he neglected to do that. But I was also really disappointed in myself because mm. I wasn't loving myself. I wasn't seeing myself. I wasn't giving myself what I needed to be good. I was begging him to do that for me, and mm. and that was crushing.
1: Yeah, and it and it's funny how we want that from the outside. But then even if we get it, we don't really receive it. We can't receive it because we don't still do that by ourselves. We first need to do that, validate ourselves, respect ourselves, love ourselves, really, to be there, give ourselves the feeling of getting, being seen and getting heard and being valued before we can really believe that you know that that the same experience with others or to receive that from the outside as well
0: 100 yeah. 100 and that isn't readily taught it was definitely not taught in my generation mm-hmm. growing mm-hmm. up where we have to take care of you and love you now in you know my mom um there were definitely some beautiful things that my mom taught me. And one of the things that she taught me that allowed me to walk up to him and say, I'm done. Here we go. Mm -hmm. Uh, was you are an independent woman. You are successful in your own right. Oh, it makes me emotional. And you do you, you work, you make your money, you be successful because you should never have to lean on or rely on a man to take care of you. Mm -hmm. And that really stuck in me. It wasn't like a conscious thought. I wasn't thinking, oh, I need to make money and I need, it was just like a deep knowingness in my body. So when I got my career and I was making good money, I I made more money than him for the majority of the time we were together. So Mm -hmm. I just felt really good that I knew that when that time came that I didn't have to be scared Mm
1: -hmm. because I
0: had been taught that I can rely on myself.
1: that's a beautiful Uh, thing that your mom did oh I wish every every girl would hear that from their mothers
0: yeah 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 for sure so I was able to walk away without you know there's tons of stuff right it's layered Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. one of the things that I didn't have to worry about was feeling trapped because I didn't know how to be by myself or I mm-hmm. didn't know how to take care of my kids or make mm-hmm. money that I needed to mm-hmm. make. Um, but the the self-loving, the self-validating, the self-resourcing, that was not taught at all. That was not modeled. And so trying to figure out how to do that mm-hmm. was scary and hard, mm-hmm. but the pain of that learning was more welcome than the continue dragging myself through the mud Mm. and being invalidated in life always. Mm.
1: And then really how important it is for us to understand and for everyone to understand what self-love really is. Because in today's society, you know, when we talk about self-love, the first image that comes into mind is like pampering and, you know, religious delving in the pleasures but it's more about setting clear boundaries and keeping them, knowing your values and living according to according to them, you know, yeah, really standing up for what you believe in the world and honoring your own voice and being ready to have the difficult conversation so that you can have a easier life in the future rather than going for the easy decisions and then live, live the harder life.
0: Yeah. It's only easy in the moment. Mm. It creates so much more friction as you go. Yeah. Um, self-love is a journey for sure. And it is not something that is readily taught. So it's a process. Mm. And I agree with you that we've come to this idea that self-love is just these self-care things for pleasure. Mm. Mm. Um, and that, that's, part of it like take care of your body like do that Mm -hmm. but the more I walk this path the more I realize that loving yourself is acknowledging what you need even if it makes other people uncomfortable and not abandoning what it is that is important to you because someone else is going to feel angry or upset or disappointed in you Mm -hmm. that doesn't feel good to me and I'm not going to do it anymore might make someone else feel bad but you have to acknowledge and take care of you first and when we abandon ourselves over and over um, it creates this ripple effect of I'm not valuable I'm not worthy I'm invisible um, nobody cares about me Mm -hmm. and it's Mm -hmm. toxic and it's toxic for our babies too. And I mm-hmm. think that's important. And one of the things that I realized was, you know, I need to be a good example to my sons mm-hmm. as to what a healthy woman looks like, what she does, what she's capable of. And, and I didn't want them to think that it would be okay to treat women the way their dad treated me in that space, or mm-hmm. to forget that we get to honor ourselves. And yes, yes, I'm raising somebody's husband. (laughs) And so I, you know, I need to do it for me so that I can teach it to them so that Mm. they can love themselves too. I know Mm -hmm. they're men and women and all the things we talk about. Women have to do all these things. My sons also need to know what it means like to love themselves and to Mm. be able to do well so that they can let their, their future partners love themselves. Mm.
1: Uh, It's a mutual knowing. Mm. Yeah. So powerful. I love that. Now, if you like from this moment being present here now, when you look back at the time when you were launching your new life, so to say, what were the biggest insights that you gained from this experience?
0: So once I got out of the darkness and I could Mm. look more objectively at what had happened, um, there were a couple things. Number one is we are conditioned to abandon ourselves and that isn't fair. And learning how to not do that and understanding Mm -hmm. how taking care of myself and loving myself and teaching other women how to do that is incredibly powerful for us in this little space, but also Mm -hmm. for the world, for the Mm -hmm. ripples that it creates. Mm -hmm. Um, I learned, and this was a hard one, but um, as I came out of it, like It wasn't all his fault. There were definitely things that were hard and that he didn't do well, but I also didn't do a lot of things that I needed to do. And it's very easy to come out of a hard thing and blame other people for your trouble, for your hardship. But I needed to acknowledge that I messed up too and that I didn't do all the things I needed to. And I had to forgive myself. That was a big one. I'm like, self-forgiveness, what is that? And when I realized- We weren't taught that either. No, I'm like, you forgive other people. You say, I'm sorry. And all of these things. Mm. I had not considered the fact that I needed to forgive myself for abandoning me, mm. for not loving me, for playing the victim when I had more power than I realized. Mm. And the only way I could launch my life- is to know that I had to acknowledge where I failed me and Mm -hmm. forgive me Mm -hmm. so that I wouldn't continue to perpetuate those behaviors. So I can look back and say, yeah, you failed. Um, You ex-husband failed, but I also failed and I forgave myself and I'm not, and I'm not engaging in that anymore. And then also realizing I'm not actually stuck. I'm not stuck with who I became and there's a quote I forget where I read it but you don't have to be who you've become Mm -hmm. I didn't have to continue to be who it was that I became in that season I could choose to be someone else and that was really powerful and that was invigorating like oh my gosh and not only can I choose to be someone else Mm -hmm. I could decide who that is I can choose who I want to be and how I want to show up in the world. It's not up to anyone else, and that was exciting. It's still exciting
1: now. <laughs> so powerful, so so powerful. If you now that you know, you look back again and and you think that what all these insights and experiences, how how did they benefit your life what results did you get from going through this tough period of your life going through this
0: hardship really helped me to see the dark parts of myself Mm. Uh, there's this concept of shadow work and the shadows Mm. of of ourselves and it helped me to and in that season I didn't understand I didn't know this concept but now you know I got to see the shadows of me. I got to see the spots that were not healthy in myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was really, really important because we want to go, you know, I, I work with women who perpetuate cycles without knowing why. Why do I keep attracting these types of guys? Or why am I still in the same place year after year after year? And when I was in that space, I recognized that if I didn't address those shadow parts of me, the hurt Mm. parts, Mm. I was also going to perpetuate bad cycles. I was also going to continue to allow people to tell me how I should be or move or what's good or not good. Mm. And so stepping out and seeing those not preferred parts of me you know even acknowledging like you messed up too Liz like yeah he messed up but you're not off the hook either that was hard because it's you want to make it about other people you because then you know if it's It's your fault and I don't have to deal with it yeah it's easy to blame you and then I don't have to deal with it and I don't have to do any work but that didn't serve I needed to see those parts and say wow Liz how can you be better now? Mm. and that is how I was able to launch I was able to say you forgive you these are the new things that you're doing and you get to go out there and do it but I couldn't do it in a victim mindset and that's Mm. really important work that I do with my clients you can't blame others for where you are in your life Mm. um, because you're never going to grow if that's the the ship the mindset that you sit in the victim Mm. I'm it, it all happened to me The the new mantra is life is happening for me. And I just have to do the work of understanding and seeing what's for me in this traumatic event. What's for me in this dark place. I don't like that it happened. I don't have to be grateful for dark, bad Mm -hmm. things, but I can say there's a lesson here that I get to take so that I can do better in the next season, in the next chapter.
1: Very, very powerful. Did you have any specific tools that you used in this process? Yeah, so I did a ridiculous
0: amount of journaling.
1: Um, <laughs> I <yeah>. love journaling.
0: <laughs> yes, I don't. Like, I don't so, believe so.
1: there is a ridic- ridiculous amount of journaling.
0: <laughs> good point. Good point. I did so, so, so much writing. So much writing because mm. I had to take it out of my body. Having all of the turmoil inside of me felt bad. The mm. tension in my chest and now I'm doing somatic work and so I really understand the intuitive body component so much more than I did then, but my instinct was get it out, get it out. Mm. And mm. so I did a lot of journaling and that's been really helpful even now in this season cuz I'll go back and read what I wrote and be like, "Oh my god, look where you came from. Good job." Um I did a ton of therapy because again, another way to get it out and then Mm. have an objective person, like help me to notice things that I'm not going to see because you don't see, you know, I love this phrase, this, this idea I got, um, you can't see the label if you're inside the bottle Mm. and I was inside the bottle (laughs) and I needed someone else to be like, okay, so this is actually what, what's happening. Um, So therapy and journaling, and I, you know, this happened during COVID. So I was doing a lot of walking movement. I couldn't go to the gym. No gyms were available, but I walked so much and I would talk to myself, which was another way to get it out. Like self-taught Liz, what's happening with you? Why are you frustrated right now? What feels hard? What feels easy? What are you grateful for? And the purging helped me so much to like let go of things that were so hard
1: I have many more
0: tools now but yes that's those were my main things in that time
1: just want to ask uh did you when you said self-talk did you talk to yourself quietly in your mind or did you speak to yourself out loud
0: a hundred percent out loud um and I I just wanted to
1: people to hear that because we often think that oh I need to do that quietly in my mind and I'm saying just let it out you can speak it out loud
0: oh no 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 no. this is something that I tell all of my clients to do especially the ones who are like oh I don't want to journal I'm like okay journaling works there's research to back it up but if you don't want to talk to yourself go on a walk look at you Mm. in the mirror talk out loud and you know I'm a speech pathologist so I know some brain stuff and language stuff and so that kind of comes in and your brain processes your voice differently mm-hmm. when, you're, when it hears it than when you think. Mm-hmm. And so talking out loud has been so cathartic, so helpful to be like, oh, my God, that's what you're thinking, Liz. Wow. You didn't even know that you were thinking that because sometimes your thoughts hide. They mm-hmm. like hide behind things in your mind. But when you say it out loud, it can't hide anymore. And I, I, I still do this now. I still talked. Actually, it's become almost like a daily practice, like, all right, girl, what you up to today? Because it matters. And it's important. And your brain does crazy things when it hears you talk.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it is so helpful. And then the people around you just get used to it. And you, you know, it's, it's natural part of life.
0: I actually don't talk to myself too much when my kids are around because then they would be like, mom, what are you doing? Because um, it's really, it's like personal therapy or personal coaching. Like I'll talk to myself in the car drive to work. Okay, Liz, here's what's going on. Uh, But when I walk outside, I talk to myself out loud. It doesn't matter what the yeah. passersby think.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's what I'll do as well. Yeah. When, now that you have been going through that and you are helping others to do same things who is your work really for my work is for women
0: Mm -hmm. Um, generally they're in their 30s and 40s they've had a chunk of life happen already Mm -hmm. Um, and they are looking back and saying what happened to me And many of my clients have been divorced because that's what resonates deeply with me. And in the Mm -hmm. divorce space, we often feel lonely, like nobody Mm -hmm. gets it, Mm -hmm. but we do, I promise. Um, And who are like, I got lost. I'm not sure when I got lost, but I'm feeling the weight of that loss now. Mm -hmm. And I need to be back on track. Mm -hmm. I want something different, I want something better. I'm tired of being tired. I'm tired of letting other people tell me how I'm supposed to be. Mm -hmm. I'm tired of living life based on the hats that I wear. I'm a wife or I'm a divorcee or I'm a mom or I'm a friend. And women live life with the roles and these Mm. hats and they forget like who they truly deeply are in their soul. And then they come to me and say, I just want something else. And it's beautiful because the layers we uncover together are fascinating. And every single woman I've worked with mm. has come out um, a brand new person, which sounds really like wild and crazy. But they come out like, I can't imagine being how I was when I met you, Liz. Liz that isn't to say that we've arrived. We actually never arrive. You know, the the next, the next arrival is actually death. We are constantly shedding and shedding and shedding. Mm -hmm. But even after a program or two with some of my ladies, they're like, I can't imagine being how I was two years ago when I met you. Um, yeah, because they're so empowered with who they've Mm -hmm. become and the empowerment in becoming that new version of them is the fuel to continuing to become that next version.
1: Mm -hmm. So beautiful. So beautiful. Now, if we think that um, you're helping people to launch and really step into the freedom of their new life, what would you say, if you could just say one thing, what would be the one most important thing you would say is to consider in that process?
0: Oh, that's hard uh one thing just the one thing Mm. um what comes up a lot is you're not actually stuck Mm. you're not stuck
1: that's powerful
0: you can make new choices Mm. you can move and it doesn't you know I work primarily with women 30s and 40s but The truth is, it doesn't matter what age or stage Mm. of life you're in, Mm. you can move. You are not stuck. You can go. It's just a decision you have to make.
1: Yeah, we are not like trees who have roots in one place and then we can't change the environment. We are free to use our legs and walk away from situations and from relationships and from really anything that doesn't serve the highest good of all concerned. A hundred
0: percent that you are not a tree. Mm-hmm. I love that.
1: Thank you so much, Liz, for being here and sharing your story so openly and letting us in on your experience It has been a pleasure to have this conversation with you and to dive into your story. And uh, where can people really find you? Where can can people find you and follow you and join your community?
0: Yes. Oh, my God. I love that. Thank you, Paula, for having me here. It's been a pleasure um, to share my story and to connect with other humans and women who were where I was and to know you're not alone. Mm -hmm. It's not just you. You're not crazy. Mm -hmm. I see you. Um, So thank you for this platform. Um, You can come find me on Instagram. That's where I spend a lot of my time. Um, My handle is launch your life coaching. There's a period in between. So at launch.your.life that coaching. Um, that's where I spend a lot of my time sharing insights and reels and content and support and doing lives. Um, uh, just to continue to provide those nuggets of motivation and encouragement that women need when they're on this path and it feels really lonely. Mm. So come find me. I'd love to meet you. Send me a DM. Yeah. Um, I'd love to connect with you.
1: We'll have your handle in the in the show notes below. So um Yeah people can go and click and and easily find you. Yes. Thank you so much for being here, Liz. And it has been wonderful to talk with you.
0: Yes. Thank you, Paula.
1: Appreciate you. Okay, you awesome. I hope that this episode sparked some insights within. And if you enjoyed it, I want you to shoot me a DM at Paula Immo on LinkedIn and let me know what your biggest takeaways are. Let's really be in the conversation. I'd love to hear from you. Also, go and subscribe. I am going to make sure that you'll get the new episodes to come out. And please do leave a review. Thank you so much for being here. And until next time.